Hey, welcome to the Mostly Skateboarding Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Kigongo, and this week I'm joined by Mike Munzenreiter and Jason from Frozen and Carbonite. On this episode, we dip down to Sicily with Mark Gonzalez and the Adidas squad. But first, some big news in the fashion. Before we begin our show today, I'd like to take a moment to pay tribute to all the skaters who've launched Push for Peace protests and raised thousands of dollars in the fight against police brutality and systemic racism. I especially want to pay tribute to Anthony Huber, a fellow skater who was killed by a wannabe militia member. He was killed by a kid toting an AR-15 that he'd bought illegally across state lines from Illinois. Rest in peace, Anthony. Rest in peace, homie. Respect to your family. You are one of us. Yeah, BLM, ACAB, fuck 12. Facts. So, yes. on, a slightly, on a slightly more positive note. So, Palace is Lucian Clark, a.k.a. the Anglo-Jamaican king of what? King of style. <laughs> has been modeling for the legendary fa- French fashion house Louis Vuitton for a couple years. And a few days ago, artistic director Virgil Abloh announced the release of a Lucian signature shoe on LV. Jason, hard-hitting question. What do you think about these? Fly? Well, first off, I want to say um, I called it, I predicted this about a year ago, uh, in a piece on quarter snacks I wrote called uh, Fashion Takeover and Judgment Day Skateboarding in 2023, which was basically like a satirical, you know, <laughs> dystopian future piece in which skate brands were forced to partner with fashion brand and uh little did i know the dystopian hellscape that we'd be living in would be even <laughs> gnarlier than the one from my imagination but anyway i didn't i didn't really call it because he'd been i've seen him in like the lv uh vest and that kind of shit for a while so this has been rumored you know slash in the pipeline for a minute you know i kind of i kind of like it it looks like the silhouette looks like kind of you take a costume one which I guess was influenced by that random like troop shoe or whatever with like the front piece and the back piece. Yeah. With the little like Howard one panel, like the cloth panel on the side. And the midsole part looks kind of like the mid the Phylon midsole of a Jordan eleven. I went into my uh to my sneaker collection, looked at some Jordan Elevens and I'm like, yeah, it's kinda similar to that. So yeah, I mean they look pretty cool. I mean, you know, definitely a good conversation piece. If you go to the pub with some Louis Vuitton sneakers, you know what I mean? I'm going to go to the pub in Louis Vuitton sneakers. <laughs> you wild. Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying? I don't know. Oh, man, that's, that's, like, that's a fight waiting to happen. <laughs> yeah, maybe. One well, smudge and someone's just like, nah, man, you're, it's lights out. <laughs> yeah. I'm curious to see what the price point is going to be because uh, – I did some rudimentary internet research, and all the other Louis Vuitton sneakers are between 600 and a rack. So maybe like 500. Like, are people gonna skate 500 dollars skate shoes? You know what I mean? Hell not. Oh man, there's a lot of kids at like Utah skate parks just champing at the bit to skate those, <laughs> and like backside flip over the hip, big spin off. Like, oh man, they're ready. Oh, just like the kids who are just like chilling on Grailed and eBay, just looking for these. I mean, I guess so. I mean, any shoe is skatable. I mean, skating before what, 1990? It was anything goes. LS, Jordan 1s, um, New Balances, John Drake, formerly of Alien Workshop, has been posting a lot of shoes that he likes from back in the day. And he posted some pretty like dope looking uh, New Balance high tops, probably from the late 80s. It was really anything goes. There were no rules. But the weird thing is that we're in the middle of 
the greatest economic downturn since the Great Depression, right? Three, four years ago, yeah, everyone was balling. Like, you could see, like, skateboarding was getting to that point where there was some folks who were like, yeah, this is cool. This is a look, you know? I, and, and actually, no, even like 20 years ago, like, wasn't Jill like, excuse me, Dill? He was skating in very, very, very expensive designer jeans. Like, it was nothing. Oh, yeah. Oh, and, and that Dill DVS shoe is definitely based on some high fashion craze. Hmm. He said it was a Prada shoe, right? He, he bought, he went to the designer, bought a uh, Prada shoe. Is like, I want this silhouette, which was wild at the time. But, you know, if I was Dill, I would have just gone to Canal Street and just be like, let me just like get a bunch of these like you know P- Prada shoes and do that. Why why yeah. pay a lot of money for the real thing? But he was getting checks like that, so he could afford to. Yeah, well, um, like well, we remember that Dill shoe now, don't we? In the out of the uh, like graveyard of early two thousand shoe designs, you still remember that one. So yeah, he was up to something. He was definitely up to something. I mean, like fashion and skating. You know, fashion and skating. It's been. I think it's an uneasy truce between the two. I think that there's um there's a sense of recognition between the two industries, right? So rest in peace, Jake Phelps. He definitely kind of lorded over skateboarding the same way that Anna Wintour does over fashion media, right? And there's definitely, you know, it definitely skews young. You know, when you get old, you know, for the longest time it was perceived that, you know, once you got over a certain age, you were useless, that you were... You know, there was no way to really uh, to continue making it or making a, a long career out of it unless you were a supermodel, right? Okay. Like, think about the, the, the original supermodels, Naomi Campbell and them, right? Like, they're still all getting checks. They're all still getting checks. But there's very, very few models from, like, the mid to late 1990s who are still out there cooking. Is, uh, and, <laughs> is, is, Linda, is Linda Evangelista still out there doing it? Yeah, oh, she, she out there. She was, she was a mean, good... <laughs> Yo, actually, yeah, the, actually, the parallels are actually kind of stunning if you think about it in, in high fashion, right? Like, there's this kind of, like, this tiny little cadre of people, right, from every, you know, every decade who really defines it. And now it's just kind of, it feels like whoever. And you have a bunch of people who are sort of wondering, like, oh, why are the Hadid sisters considered uh, supermodels? They're not like Naomi and them. And, you know, respect to them. They're doing their thing and they're getting, they're getting that money and they're flexing. And the fashion game has changed. And I think there's probably some similar to skating. There's old heads who feel frustrated that they got uh, two or three years. And then, I don't know, I sold my soul for <laughs> two years to the fashion industry. And all I got is a lousy apartment in Tribeca. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, for, going back to Lucian himself, like, he, if anyone deserves, you know, those types of checks it's him like mm-hmm. he, he's been pumping out quality footage since at least 2010 when he had mm-hmm. a part in uh this time tomorrow uh, yeah. and like yeah like yeah. the part in uh palisonic where he skates to uh stay scheming yeah like that part is like one of the hardest hitting parts of the past decade yeah he's 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 consistently been i mean i think because of the their aesthetic and their videos, and obviously the clothes, and their their one-offs, and their collabs. Palace, Palace is often, people often forget that Palace has a really sick team. I mean, oh, they got no, no. Lucien and Lucas Puig. I mean, they're, like, Palace is so tied to an aesthetic, but what, yeah, you were just saying, Patrick, like, the skate team is legit as hell, because also, what, you got, uh... Jamal. And why am I blanking on people? Kid who wrote for Lakai and Blueprint. Oh, Danny Brady. Danny Brady. Thank you. God, I'm I'm digging up bangsy. Um, yeah. Point being is that like 
for whatever like fashion look video aesthetic they they've run like the skate shit's always been there and Mm -hmm. i think that like when you do tie lucian to you know this high fashion house that he's also been working for for some years in a different capacity than skating like it's hard to really (laughs) toss a lot of stones or however you want to do it like Mm -hmm. because it's not legit these are these these aren't dudes like a nija lv shoe Oh is, hell no! Come on, dude. Like on its Nigel, face is whack. You know, it's like not just a dude from Orange County, man. He got no swag. <laughs> there's no, there's no way he hot wouldn't take. know what to do. He hot wouldn't take. know what to do. Hot take? <laughs> That's not even a hot take. Like what? <laughs> like what cats do you see in Orange County who are flexing like that? Not even like barely even L.A. And that's a recent thing too. Yeah. That's yeah. a strictly London, Paris, New York thing. And also shout out to Lucian for lacing up his mom. Always hooking up his mom. You know, with Louis Vuitton, everything, you know, yeah. like he, he's he's I mean, he's phenomenal. But I, I think it does beg the question about what kind of what kind of relationship should skating have with haute couture, you know, with high fashion? Because, I mean, I I'm going to be I'm going to no real talk. I'm going to keep it two Virgils with y'all. I do not <laughs> like I do not like Virgil's work. I don't like off white. I think him. I've been Jasper, you know, Kanye's other homie spend a lot of time talking about how much they love skating and state skate culture and how much they respect it and pay homage to it. And yet like, there, it feels like, it feels like, I, I feel like I got the same beef that Terry Kennedy had with uh, another Chicago, another Chicago cat, man, what's his face? Uh, kick push. Oh, Lupe Fiasco. Lupe Fiasco who, uh, who, yeah. who, 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 who totally messed up the words to fight dogs verse on electric relaxation at the VH1 Hip Hop Awards, and then said, oh, I never really grew up listening to Tribe. You know, I was listening to, like, Biggie and Tupac, whatever. It's just like, what were you doing on the stage then? Like, I, I don't know. Like, honestly, like, Kanye's whole crew really makes me think that Chicago Cats should stick to house music. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, the whole Kanye circle is kind of whack. Kind of? You know? It's pretty whack. Like, yeah, like, the whole, like, Wyoming, like, uh, like, Kind of like getting super into Christianity, like all of a sudden and whatnot. You know the whole the whole vibe. But uh, yeah, it's all it's. I guess this is all spearheaded by Virgil, and it comes mm-hmm. down to whether you think Virgil's a culture vulture. I, I like really of being a culture vulture because like that's fine. There's plenty of people who magpie, right? But the thing yeah. is, it's just his stuff is bad. It's bad. Ivan Jasper's whole Instagram presence is basically I'm gonna look for cool like I'm gonna look for cool stuff on Google Image. Oh yeah, like um like old like eighties Lamborghinis and whatnot. Oh yeah, like 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 he's like on some like like there was a period where he was posting nothing but like uh drug dealer drug dealer BMWs and Mercedes, yeah, like, you that, know, late eighties, yeah, early nineties. That kind of aesthetic. Which is cool. Yeah. You know. I mean, it's cool, but you know what? Just like, dog, that was over 30 years ago. <laughs> you're, you're like, like the nostalgia cycle is 20, you know? You should be at least in the Honda Civic era, man. <laughs> a lower, like a lowered Civic? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, he's still stuck on paid in full. With a shaved engine block? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, just, well, no, it, it feels, like, on one hand, you know, I said on Twitter, you're like, on one hand, black man get your money. The fact that a brother man is the head, you know, is the artistic director for Louis Vuitton is amazing. The fact that Lucien is getting Boku dollars from Louis Vuitton is amazing. And yet it just like, it's, it's everything about it just feels whack. And 
unfortunately, I think this is one of the things that I, I do appreciate about the 90s and Gen X, God bless them, is that uh, they weren't afraid to call, you know, say stuff sucked, you know? <laughs> this, well, I, I feel like, I, yeah, to elbow, elbow my way in, like, with Virgil, what homage to skateboarding is he really putting out there? All I can really think of is, like, off-white H Street Jacks, which is yeah. shit that's 30 years old, and I think in the grand scheme, like, pretty damn obscure, because, Jason, I know you're a couple years older than Patrick and I, who are the same age yeah. at 38, unless you had a birthday, Patrick, but, like, I mean, how much is H Street on your radar? And then let's, like, let's, like, play it back. Like, I, I just, I just think it misses the mark so hard, and there's something really interesting and telling about you know this guy who frankly is at the top of the world in the fashion game but also like seemingly like doesn't get the thing that he's trying to frankly bite and or pay homage to like doesn't get where it all fits together it's uh, yeah i'd say it's more interesting than anything else yeah h street um yeah anyone who remembers the h street era is like around around their mid 40s so well and one question on H Street yeah, that I don't actually know, like, was that shit considered... H Street, my understanding of it, is that it had these raw videos that, like, made it, like, they were a change from your Stacy Peralta Powell shit. Like, here's H Street, it's dudes with cameras pushing behind a dude doing progressive skating. H Street never struck me as something that was cool because it was cool. It was cool because of the skating. Is that... Yeah, is that I mean, it, yeah. Yeah, H Street was the shit. It was like the like the the real skate rat shit. It was like that was cool. Then New Deal came out, and that was kind of on the same level, kind of. You know what I mean? Like like the real skate rat shit. Then there yeah, was World. Get, which, of course. Yeah, I get like the line. I guess I'm trying to draw is that like World was like cool, cool. Mm-hmm. And it was like you could vibe fools off of that. Whereas. H Street, New Deal, it's like this scrappy, like, skate rat stuff, like you were saying, where it's not... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I guess, I guess, I guess the disconnect between highfalutin streetwear stuff that's fighting this kind of, like, yeah, scrappy little skate rat stuff, it's a disconnect that's interesting. I've said interesting about it 50 times, so I'll leave it there, but it's weird. No, it, it, it's, it's, it's weird because he's decided to... He's decided to use a kind of an overshot, like a, a kind of like um, a strange, you know, pun intended, transition period within skating. Um, 8th Street was hugely in, is 8th Street for those of us who are like mid 90s, late 90s. 8th Street was always like, oh, the company that everybody on Plan B was on, right? right. Or everyone yeah. who on Planet Earth or this company, that company. Like it, it, it it's also because. It was a little, it was, a, at least for me, I didn't see the 8th Street videos until I was in college, and that was in the early 2000s. And what'd you think about them when you finally saw them? Um, I think my mind was warped by all those world videos. No doubt. And by Plan exactly. B. Exactly. <laughs> which, which the execution, the editing, the music, and the general style made more sense. Like, obviously, I knew who Matt Hensley was, although I knew him more uh, on the music tip than skating, and also him as a team manager for... I think he team managed uh, the Dwindle Company, so he did that that World Summer Tour in '96. But yeah, um, there was something about it that felt like the Powell the Powell videos, right? The Powell videos, I think, kind of had a timeless quality about them. Maybe because a lot of the guys in there were still part of the they were they were still skating in the '90s, and 
obviously like Tony Hawk, Cab, you know, were still very, 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 very present, still competing and still, you know, still household names, right? There's a lot of cats who are on 8th Street who kind of like, you know, like they were there, but, you know, they were not on, they were not on my radar and they were not what some of us considered, were considered cool or they weren't getting coverage. And some of them, you know, some of them, you know, never got, uh, they never got their fair shake. And I think like it was, it was Ternaski who was really the, was behind the vision for the videos, right? For 8th Street, obviously Plan B. Yeah. So I think Ternaski's vision, you know, like that's kind of like, oh, that was like the first band I was in, you know? Yeah. Plan B, on the other hand, you really got to see it. It was beautiful. It made sense. It was curated sonically, visually, skating wise. I mean, it was blue chip, first class skating, right? And it's been cool seeing like the polar guys pull references, um, you know, pull references to or, or insert references to H Street in their videos. Um, but like, I, I don't know, like, so Jason, like for you, looking at Virgil. And to an extent, Kanye, you know, Kanye using uh, the vision, you know, basically biting the vision logo. Yeah, that was, yeah, thieving. That was, that was that, that's awesome. Yeah, that thieving so the vision funny. logo for a, you know, for a campaign T-shirt, which is, the, that shit is wild. Oh, good God. How, how did I never hear about that? <laughs> I mean, that's a, that's a whole other podcast, and that's uh, a little bit on the outside for this here joint. But, I mean, it, it almost feels like, you know what it feels like? It feels like their assistants are handling all this, right? It doesn't feel personal, you know? If any yeah. of us started yeah, a clothing it's company. It's kind of like, yeah, it's kind of like that thing where there's like, uh, I don't know really shit about the art world or whatever, but aren't there like some artists where like they get a bunch of assistants in like uh, Thailand or whatever to pump out all the art and then they just like, or like here you go or something i don't know oh, yeah. Is that factory a... studio stuff i mean it goes back to warhol yeah. well it goes way beyond that but warhol's a a, a good example yeah 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 i mean going back to uh polar and Pontus, he i think he's done a good job of paying homage to age street you know what i mean with the music plus like the he is uh the soft goods kind of and like his graphics are kind of like an homage to the uh the world kind of new deal Mm-hmm. Air, which is you know, I mean, I mean, obviously he he's like a, just a skater like anyone else, you know. Yeah, well, with a with a twist of Neil Blender, just a twist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I see that. Yeah. I like I like that you just said that. Yeah, like the polar stuff is that knowing homage, where as like I see the Virgil just again that H Street like arrows logo. I mean, it is what it is, but it was. It was just it was just a part of the background. It was a part of the time, but it wasn't wasn't anything that was like held in super high regard. Whereas, you know, <laughs> apologies to our friend uh, Lucas, who I think uh, will never forgive Pontus for using Carol's uh, "The Beastie Boys" for <laughs> for Oski's because I can't remember the name of that song, but I'm I'm seeing the C block at EMB in my mind. Oh, but, Biz you know, versus the Nuge. Thank you. Perfect. Yeah, you know, he used that for Oski's... Oh, God, there was a Twitter debate about this. I'm just saying all you backside nose blunt slide <laughs> over that over that step on that big bank. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I still think that's just perfect because it's like, it's this juxtaposition. It's taking something familiar and, like, really twisting it in an interesting way with... I don't think I can call him a child phenom, but Oscar Rosenberg is a transition phenom. I mean... Mm-hmm. Oh, 
100%. Like, like he's 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 a unique skateboarder doing. I mean, again, ollie backside nose blunt slide. Don't know if I'd ever seen it, and had never definitely seen it on something like that. So it's like, I mean, basically, it's effective homage versus ineffective. And uh, real quick, mm-hmm. just some Virgil skateboard bona fides or not. Um, I have heard from like Chicagoland people who have said that. You know, there was a time when he operated, uh, for lack of not remembering totally, you know, a clothing store, streetwear store out of Chicago and wanted mm-hmm. to do skateboard stuff with it and might have gotten jammed up a little bit by other retailers in town. Mm-hmm. And so, like, there is some, there is some, there's history there. I mean, there's, there, there are stories to be told and, you know, background on all this. But, uh, yeah. I, I don't think I can remember much enough of the stories to go in more without like diving into the Instagram uh, DM history. But, you know, there, there, there are factors. I mean, I don't think it's completely random. Like there's interest there. But again, the way it doesn't hit the mark is interesting to me. No, it, it doesn't. I mean, I would hate to be misinterpreted as dissing the entire beautiful city of Chicago. Uh, the shots are strictly aimed at uh, Kanye and company. Uh, because there's there's something about it that feels you know it, it feels like they're they're they're, they're dilettantes. There's there's something about it that feels um, and we've seen that in fashion. We've already seen that in fashion, and it's corny. And I I think also because um, you know we were all you know we were all around for the first run of you know the first run of uh, Nike SBs and how all of a sudden they became collectible, and then how 2007 economic downturn, 2008 recession, and the a couple of really bad years completely destroyed that. I mean, people switched the tempo up real fast. It all became all about vintage thrifting and kind of stretching what few dollars that you had. And it seems like we're probably about to re-enter a, a, a similar period of thriftiness. And I understand that these shoes have been in the you know they've been in progress. They've been in the pipeline for some time. But this feels like the the timing just feels off. And like it, it really, really does feel off. And yeah. I don't know. And I don't think it's because I, I don't think it's because I'm 38. Like I, I'd like to think of myself as somebody who's still who's still with it. But just like this, just seems whack. This just seems like I feel like so. I, I like I feel like I like I feel like when would I even rock these to the pub? <laughs> <laughs> no, I was thinking like, well, if you go skating in the Louis Vuitton Lucian Pro model, like how would it go? Like if you show up with like brand new Louis Vuitton sneakers and you rip, it's kind of like uh, just you know just fuck this guy, you know. And mm-hmm. if you suck, it's kind of like this guy's a poser, you know what I mean? So it's, it's tough. The only thing I would say is just skate, get them like nice and skated up before you go uh, to a big spot or whatever. But uh, Mike, you were saying. Oh, I mean, you're damned if you do, damned if you don't with the yeah yeah with that shoe. No, just remember. I mean, speaking of the launch of Nike SB, like the shop I rode for back when that all happened, got them in. I got those Resporb Wheat Dunks at you know shop discount off of. I think they retailed for sixty five bucks when they first came out. Damn. The dunks. So I've still got that Wheat Dunk, and God, like the. I mean, the soul is rock hard. I uh, asked on Twitter how I could revive them, and evidently I have to dip them in boiling water and hope that I don't, <laughs> like, 
literally like someone someone with experience was like yeah you, you gotta boil them and just hope that like i don't separate the the sole from the upper but yeah on the pub trips i definitely wore them to uh first avenue uh the club in downtown minneapolis that is featured heavily in prince's purple rain wore them to a dance night and one of my buddies was um he, was, he wasn't mad at me he was disappointed i got a I think he is Catholic, so he can throw that shade masterfully. <laughs> I think his brother, my 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 skate skate buddy Todd Turkey Brown, I think his brother is a priest. So yeah, he wielded that Catholic guilt. Shout out to Father Brown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, damn. Like on the other hand, every dunk really sells out instantly and with crazy like you know what I mean raffle measures and anti bot measures and shit. Where where is this? LVLC shoe gonna be sold like at their stores. They, they, I mean, they have re- retailers, and they're they're also probably gonna be available in certain boutiques. But yeah. you know, I mean, honestly, I think it's worthwhile to say who cares. <laughs> that was kind of my stance coming in, as I as I told you guys before before we started recording. It was like, how far out of my wheelhouse is like a thirty eight year old skater with a kid who's just never gonna buy this shit? That's not even on their radar. I mean. Yeah, am I, yeah. Who's 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 not on whose radar? I think it's a mutual feeling in a lot of ways, but still fascinating. Mm-hmm. I'm interested to see like uh, how they skate because he he just put like uh, like a white with like gum sole right on his Instagram look kind of. So I'm kind of curious as to how they skate and that type of shit. So let's talk directly to all the websites out there that might do the wear test. Jason from Frozen and Carbonite is your guy. <laughs> Yeah, send, psychic. <laughs> yeah, just like send this guy a pair, and also, actually, you know what? Lucien can pull these off, but how many of a you know who else can rock like Louis Vuitton bucket hat with a button up, short sleeve button up, and some baggy Louis Vuitton like athletic shorts and some tall black socks? Like that would be a look. But you know he has the body type and the style to pull that off. But like regular cats, like nah, I don't know if these like because I haven't seen these. I haven't seen these shoes with baggy pants. And I'm talking about the, ter- the correct type of baggy, right? Based on, like, the shoes I mentioned before that it's kind of looks like it's based on, I think they would go go well with uh, some polar some polar big boys, that type of shit. I mean, maybe. I mean, maybe. It's it, it just it feels like it feels as though it's the wrong time for these shoes. But then again, you know, I could be completely wrong. I, I mean, this could, could, you know, this could launch a look. But I know the, the cats at D.C. were somebody from D.C. was – was not pleased about it. It's like this like this guy was biting off of all of our shoes. But I just read that interview well, Carl it, Shipman in Slam City Skates. He's like, oh, DCs in the nineties were awful. He's just like, I rocked Adidas's to walk around one night because he had the clockers and he said that they were so uncomfortable. What yeah, the- and those those suck. The clockers sucked. And so did the uh, the syntax, the vegan shoe. Mm. Even even the links was actually a terrible shoe like you got it and like the the sole was just slippery mm-hmm. until he wore off like millimeters of it and yeah it didn't grip and i mean those shoes yeah hindsight makes them look real real nice but yeah that's that's the dirty secret about the links and its revival like it wasn't exactly a good shoe back when we all skated it but it wasn't that are good. the new ones better i think i only held one in like on my trip to Mexico City, I might have picked one up. I didn't scrutinize it that much. Like otherwise, I haven't seen them in person. Mm, I don't know. I mean, I've skated. Um, 
I skated the new South 23s, and those were those were great. Like with the slim down profile, mm. um, I wish they were still available. S, I don't know what y'all doing. You know, I have some if you want them. Like I can't, it, like I couldn't fuck with them. Like the new slim profile, like it didn't work. Oh, you got so if you're size 11, like you can, I am a size you can 11. Have them, yeah. Hey. <laughs> Yo, hit me after the pod, right. man. I, I could. Yeah, I, I'll, yeah, just take them if you like. Yeah, because I can't really wear them or skin because they just didn't work with the. Probably should have gotten a half size up because of the new like slim profile or whatever. So yeah, you can have them, dude. Fuck it. All right, what color are these joints? Um, like the all all black murdered out and like the white with the uh, black sole. Oof, those. Let me cop those, yo. That's awesome. Yeah, we'll talk about yeah. this offline. Yeah. See, yeah, you know, yeah, skaters helping skaters. Skaters didn't work out. I forgot the deets layer. You know, I might have had that same colorway back in the day. See, yeah, that's the thing, though. If real talk, if Virgil really wanted to do something next level, he would have called Sal. He would have called Sal. He would have called yeah. Sponzo. Yeah. Sal always had a uh, yeah, damn. He always had a really good eye for that shit. Yeah, he would have called Sal. He would have called Alfonso Rawls. He would have called one of these absolutely br- like he would have called someone. He would have called Javante Turner. If he was really ride or die for skateboarding, he would have called Javante Turner and be like, yo, Javante, I know you like buying cars. You trying to get some more? Come to Paris. <laughs> I'm sending you a ticket with your passport number. Yo, seriously, if, if Virgil really wanted to show that he was ride or die with, with skate culture and really take fashion on some next level, like next level type business, he would hit up, you know, one of these stylish heavy hitters from the, from the 1990s. And his like, yo, his whole flow would be different. His whole like his whole like LV skate program would not just be seen as legit. It would be like yo, it would yo, it would make Nike and Adidas look small time. Yeah, and I think it just goes yeah. back to say that it's like skin deep knowledge of the game, because because yeah, Sal Barbier like doing some LV shit with um, effectively like limitless resources. Good God. Yeah, that was yo. Don't you just like it, it pains me to think about it because it would have been it would have been hard body. It would have looked they would have looked incredible. I remember like Javante had a briefly had Javante jeans. You know, I saw those in like uh, FTC and and Skates on Hate and those catalogs way way back when. Yeah, like Javante had the eye, man. Like I'm saying, like if you had given some of these cats a budget, yo, yo what Virgil is would be yo yeah. Virgil like yo? Because think about it, like. Nike, excuse me, Adidas has Scott Johnson, I think, is one of their shoe designers. Yep, yep. Yeah. Louis Vuitton could have been like, dog, we got Sal Barbier and Javante Turner. Which Jordan, is it the Jordan 6 that just has the 23 on the side? Like, I had to be in my late 30s to realize that, like, Sal just was like, yeah, put a 23 on my shoe because it looks dope. Like, that's so audacious and so dope and oh yeah yeah there's some uh there's some jordan fives that have the 23 on that's the, side. the jordan five okay i mean it's it's just a straight facsimile but i i don't you know what a lot of it is and i think that gives me pause it's this like high fashion brand you know taking on and maybe even exploiting like I still think of skateboarding skateboarding is street culture quite literally it's it's mm-hmm. a low culture thing and it's better because it is that. And like, you know, when LV's taking on skateboarding, it's one thing. But when skateboarding's grabbing Michael Jordan's number, it's a completely different thing. So, yeah. yeah. It, I mean, that that that's that's another tangent. I think but it's, I, it's I think it's worth I think it's 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 worthwhile. I I think it's um, you know, it, it 
And, you know, there's plenty of people. You know, Virgil certainly has his fan base. And Off-White is definitely doing numbers. But there's something to be said about that what if. You know, what happens when? Because we've seen it at Nike and Adidas. And for better or for worse, that's part of the reason why their respective skate programs have been as successful and continue to be as successful as they as they done been. You know, Adidas got Gons, what, over 20 years ago, I think. And Gons um, never looked back. And like, Gons became the foundation. And Gons was like the one who pulled in you know, who pulled in a lot of those folks. Gons was in that crazy ad back in the day that was in Transworld and elsewhere where, like, him, Matt Beach, and, like, some other dudes are, like, in track suits, jumping over logs. Like, Adidas has been doing this. Yeah, Adidas, yeah. I mean, Adidas, you know, by getting Mark Gonzalez, I don't know, there was, because they tried, they tried to have, uh, they, they, they tried in, the, I think it was the mid-90s, and Kalis was, uh, Kalis, you know, lamented uh, doing some some ads, some Adidas ads before he got on DC, where he's been ever since. And you know, there were some shoes they had, like the Nortons, which Palace re-released or did uh, did a collab with. Yeah, and there was I skated uh, those. I had I had the Nortons. They were weird. Hmm. <laughs> Maybe the new ones are the old joints. Oh, the old ones from like '95 or whatever. They were yeah. great. They were pretty weird. Those are those are like then the, there was like the. Posit tracks were the other ones uh, that were oh, in a wow. Thrasher ad. Like, yeah, y'all remember like it, throwback. Those those look kind of cool. Definitely like the kind of stuff that definitely en- that would end up in a you know TJ Maxx or a you know one of these other outlet stores where you come up on some legendary shoes for dirt cheap. Shout out to the TJ Maxx near me to the Echo cargo convertible pants, which held me down for like two summers. Like I can <laughs> fly. Me and all my friends, JD. Pantius, man, we all rock those. Those are the best pants. But, you know, real talk, speaking of Gans, right? When I think of the Gans, I think of a, a certain Italian word, sprezzatura, which means a certain nonchalance, so as to conceal all art and make whatever one does or says appear to be without effort, almost without any thought about it, right? For over 30 years, the Gans' skating and art has reflected a carefree timelessness that is just it's indescribable. There's something about it that just, it's like, like I said, sprezzatura, studied carelessness. And very recently, Gans, uh, I have no idea when this was filmed, but Gans and a bunch of his Adidas teammates went down to the beautiful island of Sicily for the third installment of his series, Abnormal Communication. Mike, what are your thoughts on this little video we got? Because I loved it. My thoughts are that uh, sprezzatura is one of the best things that I've learned about. And I think it's like, yeah, Patrick, bravo. I mean, it's like Mark Gonzalez to a T. Um, the video is like a Gon's mini part with a bunch of people who look really cool on a skateboard. So yes, it's very good in that aspect. And, you know, I was trying to, like the guy is studied carelessness. And I was trying to figure out how to how to best describe Gons when, damn, I wanted to look up what his age was. So I guess I will just do that now. I think he just turned 50, like, last year or a couple <laughs> years ago. 52, born June 1, 1968. So, I suppose, yeah, I, I suppose he's a, he's a Gen X standard bearer. But, yeah. I mean, effectively, like, in that, in that clip, like... You know, he's doing 360 flips, he's doing this, he's doing that. Like, he's maybe, and I, this isn't controversial, and I was trying to figure out how to better explain it, but he maybe is the best skateboarder, just in that at any given point, you can't tell how good he actually is, just because you don't know what to ever expect. No. Um, 
Oh yeah. Like like it's just uh, there's yeah there's there's that element that sprezzatura that like undefinable quality about what he does and it might just be like roller skating under a truck and that's not actually skateboarding but it's like it's that undefinable quality and um i mean that simply made the video great because again we don't we don't know when it was shot but you know it could have been this year it could have been late last year so it's still like a man in his 50s doing excellent skateboarding and actually saying like cool stuff about skateboarding like the voiceovers were good too and there was a concept to the video and again the supporting cast all looks good on a skateboard patrick what did you think i think there was a couple of, there was something about it that really struck me and you you pointed at that you hinted at that fact that he is a lot better than he than we will ever really know um yes. and Oof. some people kind of complain by some people i mean folks on slap uh, we'll complain like, oh, he's never serious. He's always dorking around. He's like, when when is this guy just going to give us a part? Gans gave us his part in video days. I mean, that is he is the fact that he skated to Coltrane, you know, arguably the greatest jazz musician of his era, you know. And, you know, he delivered a part that honestly it embodies skating. It is everything great about riding a skateboard, right, in a single video part, right? If you ever wanted to make a time capsule, right, and you want someone to like show us what skateboarding, what was skateboarding, what was great about skating, you would just have video days and you say you'd have it, you know, set on the Gonzo's part. And there's that opening, there's that line, you know, we are the music makers and we are the dreamers of the dream. And it's his creativity, it's his visual art, like it's his visual art. It's the fact that he loves writing weird boards. The fact that he he exudes a certain sort of energy, right? And like this part, like there was something about like it was Sicily. It was um, it was the it, you could tell like, you know what it was like? He was one of those cats who like, if, if you know, let, let's play. Let's say we're playing streetball. Right. You know, we're at a, you know, we're at a basketball court. He's one of those cats who's just like nice. Like he just like he, he's like he may, like he'll throw you a good assist here and there. But just like his energy is so good on the court that you just end up winning because the vibe, you know, the vibe is so, 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 so good. And. You could tell. So, so what you're saying is like a uh, like the skate uh, J.R. Smith. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> straight up. He, he's you know he, he there's something about him like you can't quite put your finger on it. But like look at you look at Blondie doing the like they go to that uh, bus depot right and they're on the rooftop between um, the different bus shelters and Blondie does the impossible over it and then Lucas does the backside 180 flip and then rips his yeah. pants. You know you see Gonz is like he's just like. He, he saw something in that. He's like, pull the car. He told the driver, pull the car over. I want to skate that. He was like, just like, pull the car over. I want to skate that. And it, it, it's, you know, like, Ator yeah. De Silva was really dope in it. Uh, Maite Steenhout also, she's uh, the homegirl who dropped on that huge dropping wall in Biarritz in France. Um, but like, Gans, I think, I don't know, like, it, you know what it's like? Like when 2014 World Cup, Diego Maradona coached Argentina to the final. Argentina lost, but, you know, you know, he's a very emotive dude. He's like, he's a wild, he was wilding in the stands, right? At the 2018 World Cup, but back to 2018. And, and, and he wasn't even on Coke, I assume. I assume he wasn't on Coke at this point. Yeah, I think he's been sober for a bit. And like, he's, he's you know, he's, uh, I mean, he's, he's just operating on a different wavelength. And there's some people who are just so gifted in their craft, right? That even like, you would be blown away just to see Maradona kicking a ball around in a park, right? Just to see him, you know, just to see him juggling, right? 
Same thing with Gans. Gans on like a two by four with four trucks underneath, right? With four sets of <laughs> trucks and wheels. Pretty much. <laughs> you know? Or like the, uh, you know, like his, uh, what's, what's, what's like his latest uh, crooked shape? The really big joint. Well, is it the one oh, that Boosinus was riding? Pure like evil? The, uh, the, yeah, something has some, yeah, some satanic name or something. Yeah. Like, it really takes somebody who's really like permanently thinking outside of the box to get to that point. And, you know, you, I wish people gave him. I wish people gave him more credit. I wish people gave. I really wish people gave him more credit for his creativity as a skater. Yeah, I mean, he was. Um, well, for people on Slap or whatever, he was basically doing like 1991 style skating in like 1986 or whatever. You know what I mean? He was always like light years ahead and shit like that. Um, yeah, I liked his video because you know, like Mike was saying with the voiceovers and shit, you were you kind of got regular skate dude guns and not like wacky artist guns know what i mean yeah yeah but like that, that's that's a lot of artists i mean like his voiceover in cardiel's part in sight unseen you know he talks about he's a ripper he's original ripper you know <laughs> like I, I think guns takes or is like um when he's um what is it bs with tg and they're hanging out yeah, and they're, yeah. they're, they're, they're kind of chit-chatting same thing like he, he's but I, I also have like a high tolerance for eccentricity, you know. Um, you see, you definitely see it with a lot of. Because uh, I, I don't know, I don't know if if Gans, Gans is a dude who like smoked a lot of weed and just like has been fried. I think he's just naturally vibrating on a different wavelength. To uh, steal a phrase from Marianne Williamson, you know. Yeah, I don't. I don't think he's. He doesn't seem like a big e guy. Nah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine that dude smoke like just like smoked out. That'd be. That'd yeah, be a. That'd be a but, weird um, night. Yeah, there's there's been a lot of videos in Sicily lately, but I mean, like the skate, I mean the spot porn is like primo. Yeah, of like yeah. any video, it's like Sicily is like the uh, to spot porn as like the San Fernando Valley is to actual porn. It's like <laughs> it's like the capital. Yeah, oh, dude, by the way, did y'all know you can buy a, you can buy a house in like some village in Sicily for a dollar or one euro? Yeah. Um, actually, it's actually a very interesting scheme. It's for a lot of places across Southern Europe, right? So basically, you buy the house, you agree to buy the home for one euro, and you have to put in a fixed amount of renovations and investment, um, and you can get fast-tracked to residency for the country uh, of that Dang. place. And I keep thinking, keep telling my, you know, I keep telling, you know, my family, just like, yo, we should just get all the Ugandans, like, we just go, like, we just get a whole village, man. <laughs> we just get a whole, we just get a, like, just like, I got enough cousins and aunties and uncles. We could like we could be like, yo, everybody pitch in. We're all buying cribs. We're we're Italian now. <laughs> yeah, damn. But uh, yeah, the, the renovation part scares me a little bit. Like these places, there's not like a Home Depot down the road. You know what I mean? Like the logistics of yeah, yeah. You know, you could find a way. I think that would be something. Like who in skating has enough money to do something like that? Maybe like Tony Hawk skate relocation program to Sicily. Yeah, just like, <laughs> like, hey, I'm moving to Mexico. Or like, maybe, you know, yeah, like, like we'll hook home. you up. Like, we'll get, we'll find you a contractor, you know what I mean? And yeah. that won't fuck, you know, fuck you over or whatever. I mean, yeah, that, that, that's difficult no matter what country you're in, you know? You got to have a hookup. You can't just, I'm sure oh, you can't yeah. just hold up. <laughs> so it's like, you got to know a guy. Yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah, a couple other things about this video. Um, Whatchamacallit? Gustav is still a genius. Yeah. You know oh my God. Every yeah. now and then. You need a reminder of his status as, like, you know, best, most talented human. Credible feat. Yeah. 
Yeah, good, good front foot. Kid's got a good front foot. You say? Yeah, he's. It's it's kind of amazing. Like again, like it it feels weird, right? Because you know we've had the you know or not we the royal we. There's been a discussion in skating about um, what place do Nike and Adidas have within the skate game. And what's really strange about it is that Adidas has managed to cultivate like Adidas is like there were some early Adidas shoes that were kind of like. I you like you don't even see them. You can't even find these joints on eBay, right? They just they feel like they just don't exist, right? But like you look at like what Lucas Puig has done, like going to you know going to their um, their archives and pulling out volleyball and indoor soccer shoes and being like, yo, I want this sole, I want this profile, and like the shoes look so good, and like that three yeah. stripes, like yo, that three stripe, like that's that 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 visual branding, especially with skating. Like you think about like yeah. Richard Angelitas, you think about Kareem for a period where he was skating in uh, black shell toes, um, like Drake, yo Drake Jones, Joey Bast, Planet Earth and Rhythm. I, I yeah, just to keep what you were saying going, like even more so than Nike, and I think this is where you were headed. Like Adidas was front and center for a long time in the '90s. Like I mean, when I think of like the dudes that skated it, they did Converse. And they did Adidas, and neither of them had skate programs. Planet Earth and Rhythm, like, that was their trademark. Like, yeah, we skate in shell toes, like Dick Angelitas. And, yeah, now I'm just reiterating what you said. But they had that, that like, natural presence, that, like, uh, unique viewer presence. Whereas, you know, I think a rarefied group of guys could skate in Nike's Oh, you like, mean East up Coast until thing? like '97, and then it was done. Like once action hit, nobody was skating in Nikes. Yeah, people. Yeah, no one in the early '90s. Adidas. Yeah, like in the early '90s, no or mid '90s, no one was really Nikes, except for like Gino or whatever. It. It was yeah, like, Gino's, I mean, Gino's I, a New Yorker. Okay, yeah, like, it was only New Yorkers who were. It was pretty much only checks, East Coast checks, guys. checks over stripes. Checks over stripes. But uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I certainly skated a, a shit ton of. Uh, shell toes and the campuses too like yeah one, one thing one thing that made me get green campuses was that that pretty famous thrasher photo of a uh, pepe martinez recipes doing like a fakey five at pulaski with the fuck all you idiots who don't understand how we talk like i was like that's the shit like i want to be like that guy like as yeah. did you know everyone in the, whole, in the whole dmv pretty much that skated yeah oh, you know what man. i mean so they definitely have a strong uh, heritage, you know. Oh, I mean, Stevie, skating. like or uh, yeah, Stevie, man, fuck. Stevie yeah, wasn't even skating like the I don't know I don't know what what they were even called the casuals, you know. It was a superstar. He was skating like definite like tangent models. Mm-hmm. He's got that line where it's like maybe a switch pop shove it and then nolly frontside crook at the oh. fountain at love. Yeah, four one one. I always, the volume I always two. wondered what those. I always wondered what those were. They're, I mean, those were, were crazy, yeah. just like Foot Locker joints. It, it's yeah, yeah those are just huge. like off the like off the clearance rack at Foot Locker, some random like uh, Adidas basketball shoes or something. Yeah, they they definitely didn't have they they definitely weren't a shoe that you're like, yeah, let's skate that. That was a shoe that like he had and he was skating in. If that makes sense. Yeah. Real quick on the on the random off brands. Do you guys remember? I had it on my wall. So it's like 95, 96. It might have been Mouse era. But there was a Mariano Converse ad, maybe for a one star, where he's like, 
crooked grinding a table in a china shop oh yeah totally crystal yeah, shop yeah that was yeah weird. super short-lived with him because like in that era he didn't have any coherent shoe game except everything looked dope but yeah 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 the whole like yeah the mariano on converse would be a would be a dope explainer at some point yeah but you know what i think at the time the way that people talked about the shoe game it was kind of it was touching like for most people it was kind of like oh i get shoes from whoever it was a bit like getting wheels or trucks right like there was like a small number of pros like shoe programs were nowhere nearly as mature and certainly not for the bigger brands but the thing that the thing is that with Nike was that, you know, they had their first attempt with, uh, with like with the chode and those hideous looking things. And then there was Savior. And it was like literally the third attempt. It took them three really honest tries to get their skateboarding program, uh, you know, to come correct with their skate program. And, you know, that that kind of lost them some time. I mean, obviously, like cats were skating Nikes up and down the East Coast for, for you know, all of the 90s. Right. But, like, the Adidas thing, like, having, you know, a lot of those San Diego and Orange County cats, you know, who are on Planet Earth Rhythm, the fact that they were skating Adidas's, right, that was no, that was very, and San Francisco, that was noticeable. Drake Jones, you know, some of the best fits of all time, pants game on 11, him skating some shell toes with the fat tongues out, wow. Oh, yeah. But, like, oh. it visually, it was arresting. It was, it was, like, it was beautiful to look at. But, like, Nike... Nike, like honestly, like it was Gino. Like honestly, like Gino, Gino, you know, he held it down for Nike. Gino and Trilogy, yeah. I mean, that's kind of the extent of it. And yeah, Nike soccer shoes too, like indoor soccer shoes. Like he was, he was leaning in heavy. Was, who else? Uh, Lavar. Yeah, well, well. Oh hell yeah, Lavar. Switch K at Hubba. He had some green Nike. I don't know what they were, but he also had a had a line at the pier and like thrasher video called donut donut days donut a, duty donut yeah, duty. thank fun. you dougie fresh yeah. song so good lavar was yeah lavar but like even like lavar was like i think i saw him like I remember seeing him in, you can see him in duff's um there was like there's some him in like some really like busted white i think it was etnies or s right like really really like just destroyed um yeah well just kind of like whatever actually can you imagine Actually, no, I, I would even take this back because, like, Mariano already was living on the edge, right? Can you imagine if he was on Converse? Yeah, he, lo- he, he looked good skating in those, uh, those one stars. Yeah, in Mouse, Mouse era. Yeah, he was really, for really, sure. like... I, I think my little brother, who only skated for, like, two and a half years, was obsessed with getting Converse one stars, like, partially because of ads and thrash. I mean, he was, like, 10, and he just wanted one stars. That's funny. Yeah, it was like, also Rick Howard. It was like the it was like the one stars and then the Dr. J's, right? Or the the checkpoint. Ooh, right. I think that's what yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. The, yeah, the Dr. J's are um the ones that are kind of like a campus, but like yeah, with the, those shoes look good. Yo, Rick Howard skating those in uh, Goldfish. Those look those oh, still yeah. look great. Or um also um Shani Jonganin in uh, the Rhythm video on Genesis. Really. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm doing like, that yeah. for the French minor and or was it a major? I I apologize, but I've second never... diploma. Thank you very much. I I, I was always how, how do you say Janey. like is it? I was always like Jen Gwenin. Like how do you pronounce? How do you Jean, pronounce like Gwenin? Jean, Jean Gwenin. Okay, got it. Jean, All right. Holy shit. Okay. Jean Gwenin. That's it. I was like Cheney. It's like J B Gillett. <laughs> so uh, real quick, I talked to Shaney. I was at. 
Minneapolis College and Technical MCTC. I can't even remember what the Minneapolis Community Technical College when I went there. And I was doing interview prep and he called me right before a class. One of the best dudes as far as background. I think I, who, I can't even remember who I was getting background on, but Shani Jean Did I get it? Yeah. Yep. There you go. Props to you for being like a cheerful person who wanted to help a, help a fledgling skate journalist. So um, maybe steering us back toward is it, is it an actual Adidas branded video? Our abnormal communication three, or is, or is it just like a soft, soft? I think it's soft, branded. soft. It's just yeah, it's just, that, yeah. That, that series is a it's a Thrasher branded series. The yeah. abnormal communication I, Thrasher I, with a, 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 some loving help from Adidas. I, yes, I, I yeah, 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 a lot of help. But like, it, it's great. Like, yo, and Thrasher's killing it with the um, with this con- this type of content. Like, this is really it made you feel like like I think like of course like the wild thing is uh, you know here we are still. Months deep into the pandemic, you know, with no hopes of travel anytime in the, the near future. And I'm thinking, I got to get to Sicily. Yeah. <laughs> how do I get, how do I book a trip to Sicily? You know, like how nice would that be? And just be like, yo, go, go. Also, I wonder if they let Gans drive. I mean, he mentioned there was a driver, <laughs> but like after like that video of him and Strobeck tripping out in Paris and him like speeding through the, t- the tunnel. I think he was speeding through the tunnel that Princess Diana got killed in. Now, that's a scary tunnel, by the yeah, way. Yeah, there, there, there's lots of stories about uh, Mark Gonzalez's driving in in the lore. <laughs> you know, because yeah. like, Javante, I think, yeah, didn't Javante technically quit blind because, like, he didn't like the way that Gans drove? Like, he, it got him feeling scared? Some, something along those lines, yeah. Yeah, watch that Strobeck video. Like, that stro- like it was, like, tacked on the end of one of his Supreme edits, and you're like, yo, like, this key was just like, well, I'm just driving in the car. <laughs> I, I just i just think it actually it makes sense like no one can be that good at like one wheeled event uh, endeavor and, like even be even be passable at a different one i don't know there's there's some interlocking logic that i'm i'm making up didn't didn't he kick flip a bike didn't he do the bike kick flip or what wasn't that just like a part of his shtick for a while he was trying, he was trying. I think it was a bit he was trying the bike bit. Flip. it was a bit he was gonna kick flip a bike. A he was he was workshopping. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, like uh, yeah, mentally, yeah, mentally, like I think you have to be really, especially him being a visual artist. You know, he's like I'm sure all cylinders are firing. I, I wonder how many hours a night the dude sleeps because I can't imagine being so creative and being able to turn that faucet off. Whether it's skating, whether it's his painting, or you know his mixed media stuff, like. And I, I think Gans actually kind of re- represents a sort of like, um, I don't think there's, you know, like there's, there's, there's pro skaters who have big time sponsors and who make money. Cause also like, let's like, dude is a, a bona fide modern artist. Like he is in right. people's collections, you know, he is, you know, he, you know, was, he's been featured multiple years, the Venice Biennale, like he's like, he's legit. Like he's licensed his art to a bunch of stuff. Like he lives a nice life in New York city. Like I, I bet you he's like it the kind of cheap. Ca- let me tell you what it ain't cheap to rent for like a, uh, <laughs> your, your, you know, stereotypical artist apartment in like below 14th street or whatever. Yeah. Like he's got a crib and he's got a dedicated art space in lower Manhattan. Like, this is a cat who, like, you figure it'll be like, yo, you trying to go to Dean and DeLuca? And he's just like, yeah, I'll buy whatever, you know? <laughs> Wait, didn't, I think they went on a business show, R.I.P. Dean DeLuca. 
Yeah, actually, yeah, that was like that was the I first bougie grocery store I ever went to. I felt like a boss the first time I went there. I have to fact check that, but uh, if so, R.I.P. Dean DeLuca. You know, I, I gotta, I all the talk. It's just props to the Gons for the public-facing persona of like you know goofy guy. Weird. I thought he was. Just, I thought he was annoying as hell when I was like seventeen in four one ones or whatever, maybe even more internet age. But, you know, then there is that aspect of his life that's, like, artistic, the, the artist, the businessman, because there's elements of that. I, I don't think we're all, you know, nobody's too rose-colored glasses to not acknowledge that. But, like, all that's hermetically sealed off from, like, skate life. More power to him. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's... And also, yo, I think I, I would really... I we, we have no idea who has this footage, if it even exists anymore, but, like... It would be awesome to see some of his like sixty forty and ATM oh, click stuff because like those commercials were actually pretty fun and they're sort of like homespun, like you know their homespun nature was really out of step with everything else that was happening in oh, skating. Yeah. And what's really really super weird is the fact that um, you see him basically skating like a '90s skater, doing frontside flips, like doing tray flips, doing switch tray flips, like you know skating rails, like. There's like a weird, like there was a weird period for guns that not a lot of people got to see unless you were religiously buying 411s. I'm, I don't know, maybe like Manolo or one of those cats can like put together and edit, you know, the lost, you know, the lost years, like after Blind, you know, before he went to Paris and took a, took a break, you know, took a break from, uh, took a break from skating. Yeah, well, they came the, back uh, on real, like then it was like guns we all know and love now. I, the 60 40 video glasses for your feet is yeah. on is on youtube and he has a part in that is it a terrible copy is it one of those those like somebody tracking is all messed up yeah like filmed on a potato like uh no it was i, I think it's all right i think i watched it short a little while ago and yeah he, he was he was ripping the footage he's got a part that he shares with gino perez who's, who's also like a fine artist now yeah but yeah. when when i was yeah, when I was thinking about that point of, like, you never actually know how good he is because it's just, like, it's just so, I don't know, amorphous or something. Like, in that sixty forty video, Glasses for Your Feet, you know, he's got one line. I forget what he does, but it's, like, nose blunt slide on a bench in L.A. that's just, like, completely incongruous with how, like, anybody was doing it at that time. And then he's also got an... Ah, what's his name? Mackenzie Eisenhower like had a had a post about it on Instagram years ago. Mm-hmm. But he does like there's a table propped up on like the back of the of a flat part of a handrail, and he goes up the table, gaps over the flat part of the handrail, and it's like a I don't know ten stair handrail. So he launches off a table over a flat, down a handrail, board slide, comes out, and it's. In this obscure video from like 1995, 96, like mm-hmm. one of the downturn, like the most recent biggest downturn in skating, as far as I'm concerned. Like, yeah, you just can't nail the guy down. Nope. And he's yeah, been damn. incredible. And even this latest Adidas, non Adidas clip is like, you just don't know what you're going to get. I didn't think he was going to be flipping his board that much in this yo, one. Yo, that tray flip was bolts. He's hiding something. It, I, my busted ass is like, damn, I got to learn tray flips because Gons is doing it. Yeah. Well, I, mean, I got to do this, tray flips. You know again. what? I was kind of psyched because, like, you know what? 
after 30 some odd years, you know, Mark Gonzalez and I, we, we kind of have the same trick selection. Like some, <laughs> some, uh, some front shoves, like a no slide, maybe a 360 flip here and there. So, Where, was, were you... but, but just on the street, not on transition. I can't do like bonuses or backside bonuses or huge ass tail fishes or like that. I thought he might front side invert that transition spot. Oh, that spot He's looks got the amazing. Best one. Yo, how yeah, does that so. even exist, bro? That spot is, you know what I mean? That, what that, architect that, thought that was cool? <laughs> like, well, it must have been a skater. Well, that it's that functional for Gustav to do, like, switch ollie transfer tail slide. Amazing. That's that's the most trans world from 1995 trick description that I could ever give you. Trans it was always super stilted. So, yeah. <laughs> Like, what, switch frontside ollie transfer to tail? I, I said <laughs> switch, <laughs> like, yeah, I said, basically said that. Switch ollie to frontside tail, like, over the, tr over, over the channel. Over the channel. Over the channel. <laughs> yeah. Hard switch channel. channel ollie to frontside tail slide. <laughs> but it, it's, it's also, like, I feel like um, you really have to have a great sense of timing because the, the transition is so tight and the space is so tiny. Like, what happens, you know, you wrong foot placement, you go slam into the other side. You know, you don't get to slide on your knees out. You don't get to kind of roll away. It's it's very, very close quarters. And Gans talks about how, because driving in Italy is, is something else. It is, it's not for the faint of heart, and especially down Sicily Way. And, you know, I think Gans really thrives off of chaos. Like, he oh. really, you know, he really, yeah. he, I mean, him being in New York, him skating through traffic, like, I think he really, he really thrives on this, you know, just being like, just being on the edge yeah. of disaster. Agent of chaos, just like uh, the Joker. Yeah. <laughs> Aggression, you know? Aggressiveness. Aggro. Well, and, and I'll say... He's right, like, he was I, right about that, dude. Skating is fucking aggro. Like, you have to be fucking aggro. Hell, man. Like, talking about the energy of a city, the last time I really, you know, I was in Mexico City in March, and just the vibe, well, in circumstances, like, getting the hell away from everything like mm -hmm. made skating all the much all that much better like the vibe definitely counts and i think new york does that and i was just thinking how bored i'd be like sitting at a la schoolyard even though for so much of my skate life that was like the be all end all but no i yeah no yeah yeah new york dc like pulaski has that vibe you know mm -hmm. Nah, it's it, it's why it, it's it's why I think a lot of folks in LA are starting to rediscover skating downtown or skating Century City and getting back to you know or even skating neighborhoods like Silver Lake Los Feliz. It's a little different because you don't have uh, because of the terrain, because of the, the dreadful sidewalks in some neighborhoods. Um, you don't have the same opportunity, but you know there's really something like, like there's such an awesome feeling about getting off a bus or getting out the subway and just pushing down a street. Like that is, that's a feeling. No doubt. Yeah, I, I just shook my head in agreement and realized <laughs> that wasn't effective podcasting. <laughs> it, it's yeah. And I think Gans, he, he captures some of that. And, you know, people often talk about, you know, he's, he's, he is a, I, I think, you know what I, I think is, I think the thing is that we have to remember with Gans is that he represents something like it's almost just like don't ever lose that feeling, you know. Don't ever, you know, like uh, the barracks has that don't ever stop hopping fences. I'm like, no, 
that that's that's for schoolyards now. Like it's, I don't know. I think Steve Barra has stopped jumping fences at this point. I don't think yeah, he, the, I don't think he's jumped a fence in a while. He, he innovated he the TF. Stop yeah. jumping. He innovated the TF. Him, yeah, him, Deer Deck, and a couple other people started doing the TFs so they wouldn't have to stop fences. So that's not, you know, shout out to the barracks. But that is not a universal truth. I think Gons, you know, whether he's skating a mini ramp or vert or pushing down a street or you know. You know, skating a piece of plywood or something like that. You know what? It's he's like um, Simon Woodstock could have had this lane if he wasn't trying to be funny. Yeah, yeah, and if yeah, and if he hadn't uh, beefed with Rocco, got yeah, beefed with Rocco, got sued into oblivion. Yeah, yeah, Simon Woodstock could have been like, uh, fuck with. Yeah, like he could have been like, yo, Woodstock, Simon Woodstock, twenty twenty could have been a whole Instagram lane. There could have been a whole bunch of cats just doing crazy stuff. Yeah, he uh, yeah. was he was doing like kooky skating for like uh for likes, so to speak, before likes were even a thing. Yeah, he might have he might have been a YouTube head. <laughs> nah, I, th- I can see him being like a, on Instagram. I can definitely see him because like he was capable of like capable a surfboard at a contest just to kind of remind people don't be so lighthearted because that's yeah. the that's another big difference because Gans in contests was amazing like especially like oh, that yeah. year, like the europe contest like when he was skating again and like he was going out with the real team and you'd see him at like uh oh was it europe 97 where him and pat duffy have that mid-air collision in um that uk contest where they're both uh, oh yeah yeah there's a ramp on either side of an old black jaguar xj series and pow right into each other but yeah, taking, got, taking it back to mid-80s drug dealer cars hell yeah hell yeah <laughs> a little bit, <laughs> a little bit. You know what I mean? We're kind of full circle there. Full yeah. circle. And speaking of full circle, you know, we're creeping up. You know, we're creeping up to that point of the podcast where we reflect on what we're stoked on. Jason, what you stoked on this week? Well, as always, stoked on Venture Trucks. Just came out with a uh, little vid on Thrasher, San Francisco move. It's like all in the city of San Francisco, all like the Venture team. So pretty stoked on that. Also stoked on. Um, the JP Souza video part that was posted on Thrasher recently. If you follow me on Twitter, you know I stand Brazilian lead skaters heavily. Oh, yeah, yeah, and this, yeah, this guy is uh, pretty serious. Like he, he's kind of taking the the slide to grind subgenre to to a new realm. Like he's really yeah, he's getting into it. So that's something I'm stoked on. Also, pretty pretty. Sure, both the armies stoked on this. Stoked on the NBA strike yesterday. Like I've been, I've been watching the NBA for like more than thirty years, probably, and this is the craziest thing I've seen. You know what I mean? Like, um, just like I, I was like mesmerized yesterday. It was like refreshing Twitter every like twenty sec- seconds or whatever. And uh, yeah, also like on like on inside the NBA. Like, it, Mike, you're an NBA head. You probably know inside the NBA. Yep. It's like. It's been going for like thirty some odd years too. When Kenny fucking turned off his wireless transmitter unit and put it on the desk and walked off, it was like, dude, it was a, uh, it was a moment. So I mean, we could go on for hours about that, but <laughs> right. yeah, you know what I mean. I was, I was just stoked on it. Like someone's, even though like you know everyone's like, well, what's your plan? What do you want to do? It's like, dude, it's not their job to fucking enact policy. You know what I mean? They're just fucking drawing a line in the sand. So I was pretty stoked on that. Oh, yeah. So, Patrick, what are you stoked on? Well, I'm stoked on Jasmine Duke's essay, OG Style 43 LX Sneakers, a.k.a. Summer of Skating in No Fear, or excuse me, The Summer of No Fear. I still am really, really digging on that essay and how it captures 
the essence of the stoke that we're all chasing every time we step on a skateboard. And it's written from the perspective of a novice skater, um, stoked on Spitfire wheels, also straight out of San Francisco. Uh, and I, too, am hyped on the WNBA, the NBA, Major League Baseball, and Major League Soccer for going on a wildcat strike. Not a boycott. And there were a lot of news outlets that were trying to call it a boycott. This was not a boycott. This was a goddamn wildcat strike straight out of the Roaring Twenties. Power to the workers, motherfucker. Straight up. Like, that was beautiful. That was awesome. I am beyond hyped that that happened. That sends a hell of a message, you know? It sends a really, you know, it really shows that the NBA, the NBA, like, I almost wish that these folks would just run for office because they have, show, they have shown more leadership than just about everybody who's been in charge the last six to seven months. Like, yep. just wow. Just wow. Like, proud of them. Like, yo, real talk, you know? You, can, you can't see me because I'm podcasting right now. I got my fist up. Uh, and, and Mike, what you stoked on? God, I'm stoked on what you guys are stoked on for sure. And as a news element of uh, this podcast that people listen to on Sunday morning, I think the NHL has just joined in on uh, postponing games because they are boycotting quote, games. Quote unquote, Tony. Yeah. Well, yeah. Excuse me. I'm. I'm. I read it off this off the screen on Sports Center, which is on mute. No, the. Uh, NFL, or excuse me, NHL players have decided uh, they ain't playing to prove a point for a couple of days here. Um, we'll circle back to more on the point of athletes making a stand, but I will say, um, so tonight in Minneapolis we have a curfew again that has been in effect for two hours and 23 minutes as of as of right yeah, now. Yeah, I saw that on the news. There was an action in Minneapolis. Yeah, um rumors of a police killing that uh you can it, it was not a direct result of police hands pulling triggers but uh, again fraught situations in downtown minneapolis yep. and people people broke windows vandalized however you want to looted however you want to put it but uh yes yeah, so we're under curfew again which is like the sixth or seventh time this summer um so what i'm stoked on is uh we ate dinner and we put on some electronic music and got kind of like funky. My kid was in a crap mood tonight. Mm. I am stoked on Justice, the electronic music maker's uh, 2016 album, Woman. And they did a little follow-up to that, which is like a live kind of concert album called Woman Worldwide from 2018. Again, it was just like loud electronic music while we ate some like what do we make? We made like kind of gyro rice bowls for dinner. My wife is a is a whiz at that. Mm. So yeah, good music to transport us away. Some of that woman album was in uh, Girl, or yeah, not that album, but Girl has leaned on Justice for tracks, and it was heavy in my weird uh, single summer of twenty two thousand eight. So that uh -oh. tangent aside. Are you feeling nostalgic from the wild maybe, boy days? Maybe, maybe not. Um, more, more back on the athletes making powerful statements. Uh, today, Howard Bryant, an ESPN columnist, put out a column called The Reality of Black Pain is Breaking American Sports Status Quo. And um, I think it piggybacks off, you know, everything that we were, you guys had mentioned that you were stoked on just in terms of like 
there are pe- people making courageous stands and Bryant's essay, though the headline doesn't really nail it down, it is about just how, you know, if if when people react to actions such as basketball players striking and saying they won't play, and even if the NBA is going to be back this weekend, you know, as people listen to this, there will probably have been NBA games played, as far as I know from the reporting. You know, when people say who cares or when people say actions are meaningless, it's like it is from there a very short way and a very logical progression as Howard Bryant lays out to just like dehumanizing and devaluing these athletes' voices, bodies, and person. So highly recommend Howard Bryant's essay on ESPN, The Reality of Black Pain is Breaking American Sports Status Quo. I mean, it, it, it just, I mean, it just kicks the shit out of so many bad arguments and bad opinions and just, just lays it bare. And I don't know, it's been a tiring fucking week and it was cathartic to read something just so clear eyed. So thanks to Bryant. Yeah. Will Peep. Absolutely. Like some good sports journalism. So that's our show for this week. Be sure to check MostlySkateboarding.net for links to things that we talked about today, plus other show notes. You can keep up with all of us online. Mike, where can the people find you on the internet? I am on Twitter and Instagram under the same screen name, at M. Munzenreiter. Jason, where are you? On the Twitter, at Carbonite1994. On the Instagram, at Frozen and Carbonite. And writing stuff for quartertanks.com working on it working on something for uh early september i think i was interviewing some dudes this week so that should be out hopefully if it all comes together it'll be out early to mid-september very perfect for fashion week hey of course hey and we hey, see we're ahead of the curve we're ahead of the curve <laughs> yo i'm remembering that dystopian fashion 2023 piece and that was fantastic that was a fun oh thanks Yes, sir. Patrick, where are you on the internet? So you can find me on Twitter at Colonel K Speaks, and you can find me on Instagram at P Kigongo. Folks, it's been wonderful. I'd like to remind you all that this has been the longest, hottest summer since the 1960s yeah. in terms of civil unrest and protests in the streets. Be safe, take care of yourselves, and remember that you're not always going to be able to find the words to describe what's been happening because it's hard. It's hard for all of us. So, Black Lives Matter. We'll see y'all guys next week. Be safe. Power to the people. Bravo. Bravo.